Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. Welcome to those of you who are watching online. You are part of our City Lights family, whether you're here or whether you're at home. Um, I want to start by um, just kind of doing a serve day recap. We did serve day last Saturday, and we have a couple pictures. Go ahead and go ahead and put up those pictures of serve day. So we painted, well, we're still in the process of painting. We're not done with the project yet. Um, Fusion Church's building. So another church here in town that we love. Um, God put it on our heart to paint their, their facility. So there was a lot of prep work that needed to be done. Go ahead and go to the next one. We've got Scott up here on the ladders. I, I was okay going up to about, you know, the bottom of the building there. And then people, you know, the ladder starts doing this. It's like, I don't really like this, you know, but I literally saw Scott change ladders up that high. He's like, hold the ladder. And he changes. I was, yeah, I couldn't do that. So um, go to the next one. We got Rob and Gage here doing some work. And uh, go, go to the last one, group photo. So thank you, everyone, who, who was down there. And so, yeah, they're just painting and caulking and all that kind of stuff. And we should have that project done in the next few weeks. By the way, if you want to help out with that, you can find Evan Snyder. Actually, I don't see Evan Snyder. He's working in the kids' room. Let us know if, you're, if you want to help out with that project. We want to get that done for that church. It's going to be a tremendous blessing to you. But thank you guys who came out to that. All right. Um, I, during worship, I had one other, one other thing I felt like the Lord uh, put on my heart during worship, and that was anyone with uh, swallowing or breathing problems. Um, if that's you, I'm going to just pray for that real quick. So just receive it right where you're at. So, Father, anyone here who has any trouble um, breathing, swallowing, Lord, or uh, pain in their esophagus, Lord, acid reflux, anything like that, Lord. We just bless them in Jesus' name. We pray healing over them right now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Just receive that where you're at. Amen. Amen. Uh, Last thing I want to mention is that uh, I saw Jervis and Melissa Fisher come in the building. They are missionaries um, to Laugh Out Loud uh, Laugh Out Loud Ministries in Brazil. They're missionaries in Brazil. Oh, Brazil. Belize, excuse me. Um, my wife has actually been there. I've been to Brazil. She's been to Belize. Um, they are missionaries in Belize, uh, Laugh Out Loud Ministry. It's an orphanage. And I, I don't know if Harmony didn't even know this when she got up here and was talking about orphanages. So they're up in the balcony. Where are you guys? Wave, wave at us. Stand up if we would. I want... I want to just, and by the way, you're welcome to come back as much as you want. We won't call you out every time, Um, but I just want to pray. Would you stretch your hands up towards them? They have an amazing orphanage there in Belize, and they do the amazing work of the Lord. Um, COVID has kind of hit them hard as far as finances are concerned, so uh, we just want to pray blessing over them. Um, Father, we thank you for the work of LOL, the uh, Laugh Out Loud Ministries in Belize, Lord God. We bless that work in Jesus' name. We thank you for them, Lord God, that they are called and ordained from the foundations of the world to... uh, Um, to go to that um, country, Lord, and to be a blessing to that country. We bless their work. We bless the gospel, and we bless that orphanage. We thank you for them and their family. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. All right. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I want to start my sermon um, by kind of making an announcement, and then I'm going to kind of preach upon the announcement. Um, And here's the announcement. We as a church, um, the Lord has laid it upon my heart and the heart of our leadership to kind of kick off a new initiative as a church. And um, we don't know what this will look like fully, but um, the Lord has just put on our heart to open an adoption fund uh, at City Lights. 
And so uh, what we want to do is we want to kind of like identify and work with uh, families, couples within our church who are um, thinking about adopting, who are thinking about um, adopting, and we want to uh, kind of come alongside them, partner with them, help them, um, but also in, in, in some cases be able to help them financially. It's very expensive to adopt. The, the Browns have adopted lots of money it takes to, to adopt, but I want to start, begin to foster this heart for adoption and foster care in our church, and so we're going to, we're opening that fund right now, and in fact, you can, um, um, you, we'll take up an offering for this next week, but the, the, the thing is open now. So if you go online, you can actually give to that now if you wanted to. Um, but I believe that there are children out there and babies yet to be born that are supposed to be part of the City Lights Church family. And I, I think that there's, there's couples here that have been chewing on this and thinking about this. What we want to do is come alongside you and encourage that. That's totally a kingdom thing. That's totally a kingdom mindset. We want to come alongside you and help, help you in any way we can. And um, I, I was talking to the Browns the other day, and how many people gave towards Bo's adoption? 319 people gave towards Bo's adoption. Okay, they, they adopted a little boy. And um, that's 319 that, that play, that are part of the story about bringing the, this little boy to this family. And church, I think that's just beautiful. I think that's kingdom, that's kingdom thinking right there. So we want to open that fund and just, um, I don't know how big it'll be. Maybe we can help one family every other year. Maybe we can do a family a year. I don't really know what that will look like. We might have to tell people no or just help them in different ways and not financially. We're not sure. It depends upon the finances, but we do want to begin to head down that road and, and uh, foster that heart. James 1.27 says this, it says, religion that our father God accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So we just believe this is such a, a kingdom thing that we can do. Um, how many know that um, we, we, as a church, we are a pro-life church, but how many know that pro-life shouldn't just be the way you, just legislation you support? That is one way, voting is one way, but being pro-life also should mean, you know, coming aside um, mothers and coming aside families and giving support in different ways um, so that people will want to keep their babies. And um, so we want to be pro-adoption, pro-family, pro-parents, okay? So... Uh, more on that later. We'll, uh, we'll take up an offering next week if you want to give to our new adoption fund. Um, but this week, in order to kind of prime the pump, I want to talk about the spirit of adoption. Okay, that's the title of my message, the spirit of adoption. How many know that you and I, Christians, believers, we have been adopted into the family of God? We've been adopted. Come on, how many are happy about that? Come on, that's a good thing. Okay, we've been adopted, and the Bible talks about this. We're going to go there today. Some of you might be thinking in this current season, like, adoption? Like, the world's crazy right now. Why would I take on, you know, more? And, and many, of, many of us have, I think for a season, like, we we're like, okay, we have to kind of pull back right now and, you know, wait for this whole COVID thing to settle down. I just feel in my spirit, obviously, many of us still have to be very careful, and the threat is still out there, but I just feel in my spirit that there is a, there is a moment right now that we actually need to be looking for opportunities for God to move. That we, we, we talked about, well, you know, what does revival look like? And we talked about maybe that God would um, pour out a spirit and it would be amazing revival. I still believe there is yet to be the greatest revival that the world has ever seen. I believe that is still coming. 
And I really feel like in my spirit, now is not the time to shrink back. I feel now is the time to really step forward. And I've actually heard whispers of different God moving in different parts of the country. And there's people, you know, being baptized in the ocean and different, different things like that. And there's different moves in different parts of the country. So I believe it's, I believe there is a stirring um, in the spiritual realm and God is doing amazing things through this trial, through this season. Okay. And so some of you might be thinking, why would I adopt? It's a crazy, crazy world right now. We can't, we can't add that to us, but I believe it's time. So, okay. Spirit of adoption. We're going to start in first Corinthians chapter two. We're going to go verses six through 13 is where we'll end up, but we'll start here by the first uh, few verses. It says this. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden and that God has destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what, I, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed to us, has revealed to us by his spirit. Okay. No eye has seen, no ear heard the things which God has prepared for you and for me. And I want to propose to you that that scripture, if you read that scripture and you think that's like, the great by and by. No eye has seen, no ear heard the things God has prepared for us. Yes, heaven is amazing. Yes, glory will be amazing, of course. But I believe that he's talking about the things that God wants to do in and through you in this life. Okay? It's not just, this, this current um, life isn't just to be tolerated until we can get to eternity. This life is, is one that we're supposed to thrive through and experience Jesus every day, right? And walk with him every day, okay? So, there are things God has prepared for you to walk in now. If you found out who God created you to be, you would never be jealous and you would never envy anyone else. If you knew specifically who he created you to be, you would never even, you would never even, oh, I wish I had what that person had. I wish I had their giftings. I wish I had this. You would never want to be anyone else if you knew who God created you to be. Um, I mentioned this last week, but my wife and I, uh, went on a little vacation over the 4th of July. We went up and stayed in Basalt and did some hiking around Aspen. It's really expensive to stay in Aspen, by the way. That's why we stayed in Basalt. Um, there are some rich folk up in there. Um, like some of the world's richest people. We're looking at, just pull it up for fun. Like how much do houses cost up here? There is one for like $37 million. Who has $37 million, you know? And it, the price had been slashed by like $3 million. Like... <laughs> You slash the price by more money than I'll probably ever make in my life, you know. <laughs> but we're, we're, we're driving into Aspen because we're going to do some hiking and paddle boarding and different stuff. And there's an airport there. And it's like this, um, it's not a big airport, but like Learjets, these like private jets can fly in. And one of them is like flying over and landing, or maybe it was taken off. And then we just saw this plane in the air. And I was just thinking, how much money does this person have? Like, what is their life like? Are they a CEO? Like, they're flying in on a private jet. I know, I think Tom Brady and the owner of the Patriots has a house up in Aspen. And I'm thinking, like, what is their life like? And they're just, you know, cruising over. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to me, and I, he said, don't envy what they have. 
They don't envy what they have. And in fact, I heard the Lord say, they are to be pitied. Now, I know some people, just because you have money doesn't mean, you know, people have money love the Lord too. Not, there's not, it doesn't mean you can't love the Lord. But in many cases, money can be a hindrance for a lot of people because they rely on wealth. I don't think God minds us having money. He minds us relying on our money, right? And so I felt the Lord say, don't pity what they have there to be, don't envy what they have, they are to be pitied. And so I was just thinking about that. And, and what we have received, what we have inherited in Christ Jesus, if we fully knew what it was, we would never envy anyone else. We'd never want to be anyone, out, anyone else. I can say for myself, I'm a rich man. I have Jesus living on the, in the inside of me. God has blessed me in so many ways. He's blessed you in so many ways. And that is a profound revelation, by the way, to know that what you have received is you are the most lucky person in the world because you've received Jesus and you have a relationship with him. Come on. Okay. So let's go to verse um, 10, 1 Corinthians. It says this, the spirit, the Holy Spirit, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words. Okay. I'm using words to communicate this to you today, but the Bible says here, it takes the Holy spirit to reveal these truths to you. So on that note, I'm going to pause real quick. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask the Lord to add his revelation or that my words would line up with his revelation, I should say. So Father, I thank you for every person here, Lord. I pray that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord, that we would hear words, God, not taught by a human being, God, but taught by your spirit, Lord. Teach us, reveal to us what you've freely given us, Lord. Teach us what we have been given from the foundations of the world, Lord. What is the spirit of adoption? What is this family you've brought us into, Lord? Help us to understand today. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, John chapter... 17 verse three. It's one of my favorite uh, verses in the whole Bible. It says this, Jesus says this. Now this is eternal life that they know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's eternal life to know God and to know Jesus. Okay. Eternal life isn't something that begins when you die. Eternal life is something that begins when you get born again. When you give your life to Jesus, that is when eternal life begins. We are on a We're on a trajectory. We have eternal life now. Eternity is on the inside of our hearts. And then one day you'll die and that trajectory will continue. It's not like someday I'll die. Then I'll have eternal life. No, eternal life is something that we walk in and Christians should walk in now, right? It's a new creation reality. It's so good. In this current dispensation, there are limitations. Of course, we have bodily limitations. We have temptation limitations. There's certain limitations, but we also have divine opportunities that we won't have in eternity. Okay. Think about that. There are, there's praise that you can give him now that you won't be able to give him later because you won't be standing in the trial that you're standing in now. There's an offering you're able to offer him now that you will not be able to offer him when you're in heaven. Amen. So this dispensation, this life, this is where we're at. And there's a, there's an offering that we can give him the worship of our hearts. Okay. Eternal life is now, let me read it in the passion translation. It says this. Eternal life means to know and to experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ, the son of God, whom you have sent. 
I've said this before, but um, the, the word there, to know, it's the, word, the Greek word gnosko. It means to have intimate experiential knowledge with. Okay, eternal life is to know, to have intimate experiential knowledge with the Father and with Jesus, and you can have that today. Christianity, I, I say this sometimes here, is a, I think a full contact sport, right? Unfortunately, we're in the time of quarantining and we can't really hand people, we're not laying hands on people as much, we're not handing people communion. But listen, think about this, God of the universe came and took up residence in your heart. It's a full contact sport, right? And so, Gnosko is to have intimate experiential knowledge with God. Amen. Um, I was preparing this message and it was right about here where I was like, sometimes you preach yourself happy and I just like studied myself happy right there in my notes. I was like, come on, that's good stuff. Okay. But this is the kind of God we serve. The God that wants to know you. The God that wants to have an intimate, deep relationship with you. Eternal life is now. In the midst of COVID, the midst of bills, the midst of trials, tribulation, Eternal life is now. All right, now let's jump over to uh, Romans, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the spirit of adoption here. <clears throat> Romans eight fourteen through 15, it says this. For those who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him, we cry, Abba, Father. Okay? In my opinion, this, you know, there's the gifts and ministries of the Holy Spirit. You know, there's the, the gifts of the Spirit of word of knowledge and prophecy and th- those kind of things. Um, but in my opinion, the number one ministry of the Holy Spirit to us personally, because usually the gifts are for someone else, right? The number one ministry of the Holy Spirit, in my opinion, is that God would totally, completely and totally convince you of your adoption until you fully believe that you're a son or a daughter of God. I believe that is the number one thing that God wants to convince you of is that you are a son or daughter of God. You know, some people like, um, think I have a sin issue. I have this temptation. I think you might have, in my opinion, I think you might have a sonship issue, a daughtership issue, because I think we go to those things when we don't fully understand who we are. People who, people who settle for less than what God has for them, they just don't understand what God has given them fully. It's, I think it's, a, I think it's a, a revelation. They're lacking a revelation of who they are. If you saw yourself as who you are, you would never be tempted by those things. You'd never want to go after those things because you would realize what you have in Jesus. Amen? Okay, so adoption until we are convinced of our sonship. Number one, I believe it's the number one ministry of sonship. Why? Here's why. Because everything we are and everything we do flows from this revelation. We are not human doings. We are human beings, right? We be first and then we do, right? We're not doing to become good enough for God. We're being, we're living out of what, what we know we are, okay? If you don't get this, you will do in order to be. But God has called us to be, and the natural overflow from that is to do, okay? Because that's what sons and daughters do. Uh, how many have how many here have ever been to Israel? Okay, so something that I I thought going to the land is really cool. Um, you get to see where Jesus walked and where he ministered, and your Bible kind of comes alive in that sense. Um, but one thing that that also strikes me is like there's the people of the land and hearing them talk in their own language, and 
in the scripture, Romans 8, uh, 14, it's, it's Aramaic that Jesus is speaking, but the Hebrew word for father is Abba. And when you're in Israel, this was a really cool thing. You, you see a little girl like come up to your dad and say, Abba, Abba. It's for, and by him we cry, Abba, Father, the Bible says. By him we cry, Abba, Father. Okay, hearing, hearing someone in their, own, in their own language say, Abba, Abba, Daddy, that just struck me. It's like, oh my goodness, I know that that's from a Bible verse right there, right? Okay, um, God loves it when we call him Daddy. God loves it when we call him Father. That is one of the most profound revelations you can have of God. Um, you know, the, the word... Uh, Christianity is the only religion, as far as I know, where we're able to call God, Papa, Daddy. Um, the word Allah, it means master. It means master. So if there's a master, there's a slave, right? Now listen, there's, there's nothing wrong with being Jesus a slave. I don't, I don't mind being a slave for Jesus, but how many know we can go further than that? We can go into sonship, being sons and daughters. This is um, so good. So good. Um, as a father, one of the one of my um, one of my greatest memories as a father is you know I, I've said this before, but um, kids are the cutest between the ages of three and five. They're like max out in cuteness, and then they decline into awkwardness, you know. And that that awkwardness continues until somewhere in junior high, and then they stop being less awkward. But people never really stop being awkward after that. So even adults are awkward. So. But that age, three to five, is just maximum cuteness. And I remember I would come home from work, and my daughter, Evie, she would hear the, you know, the garage door open, and she would say, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And she would come to the steps, which were about this high, and just leap off of them and expect me to catch her every time. Sometimes I wasn't ready, you know. But every day, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. And she'd run and jump off in my arms. I wish I, I, of course I knew that that season wouldn't last forever, but I wish I'd gotten on video, because I never got on video, and I wish I knew that season was going to end. Intuitively, I, I, I didn't think that. But that, as a father, was one of the best memories I have, have of being a father. And listen, this is what Father God wants. He wants the adoption that he's given us to be so profound that we are fully convinced that we're sons and that we're daughters and we're part of this amazing family. Um, one of the, I, I'm not going to play this video, but there, you know, there's videos out there where soldiers are coming home from, from war and like the kids see them for the first time. Oof, those make me cry. Like, um, that is the image that, that Father God wants to have. He wants to have his kids loving him, jumping on him, crawling up on his lap, getting into the refrigerator without permission, right? That's the kind of sons and daughters that God wants. I believe this is the ultimate revelation, that we would have confidence before God. We'd come before him boldly with confidence. Amen? So, um, the, the Greek word here for adoption to sonship, the Greek word for adoption to sonship, it means this. It is a term referring to the full legal standing of an adopted male heir in Roman culture. Okay? Full rights, full privileges, full legal standing in Roman culture. So the word they used means that. Um, I'll, use, I'll use the Browns again as an illustration, but they adopted Bo. But Bo has the same rights, same privileges, and will have the same inheritance as Finley, as Jude, and as Amelia. 
Okay, there is no difference. When, we, when God brings in the kingdom, we're not second-class citizens. But watch this. This gets so powerful. Romans 8, 6, it says this. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Okay, in other words, the Holy Spirit co-testifies to convince you that you're God's children. You're, you're born-again spirit and God's Holy Spirit. They're teaming up to try to convince your mind that you're God's, you're God's child. And there are amazing things for you to walk in today. Amen. Watch this. This verse is so amazing. Romans 8, 17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we might also share in his glory, co-heirs with Christ, co-inheritors with Jesus. Let me say it this way. Whatever Jesus inherits as a son, you can inherit as a son or daughter. You have legal access to whatever Jesus inherited to as a son. Now, there are, there are things that Jesus, because how many know Jesus is God, right? Never stopped being God. Always was God, but he became flesh at one point. There are things Jesus, um, by virtue of being God, we, we don't have access to. For example, worship. How many know you never worship a person? You, worship, you can worship God. You can worship Jesus. Okay, so we don't have access to those things. But everything Jesus inherited as a son, we have access to. We are co-heirs of God, co-heirs with Christ. Come on. That's really good stuff. I don't even know how to fully unpack that. I don't know. Spirit of wisdom, revelation, go. Um, I don't even know how to unpack that fully. That we inherit what he inherits. We are co-heirs with Christ. Okay, so I'm going to go through a few attributes as a son and daughter, and then we'll come to close here. Number one, we have the same legal standing before God as Jesus does. Same legal standing. You need to see yourself as having the same right and opportunity to come before Father God as Jesus. Second Corinthians 5.21, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God and Christ Jesus. The right, how many think Jesus is righteous? Raise your hand. Is Jesus right? Righteous, right relationship, right? Your righteousness is his righteousness. That's the righteousness you were given because you don't have your own, <laughs> right? You got, to, you got to inherit his righteousness. And because you got to inherit his righteousness, you got to inherit his access to the Father. It's good stuff. Okay. Jesus became what we were so that we could become who you were always created to be. Let me say that again. Jesus became what we were so that we can become who he's always created us to be. Amen. Come on. He's returned us back to our potential. Okay. Attribute number two. God sees us the same way he sees Jesus. Jesus was made unrecognizable so that you could become recognizable by the father. Isaiah 52, 13 and 14, it says this, see my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him, his appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any human being and his form was marred beyond human likeness. Okay, this is the beating that Jesus took for you and me. He was crucified. He was, he was beaten. He was marred. It says, the Bible says, beyond recognition. Jesus, you wouldn't recognize him. If you saw someone, oh, that's Jesus, and then you saw him, like, for example, you guys know what I look like because I'm saying up here. If I went through what Jesus went through, you wouldn't be able to recognize me. That's how profound the sacrifice Jesus went through for you and me. He became unrecognizable so that you could become recognizable to the Father. Amen? All right, attribute number three is this. We are chosen 
by God. Again, the Browns, they, were a, they, they have uh, three biological children and a fourth one that they chose. Okay, God chose. This is special. God chose us in him. Amen. Ephesians chapter one, verses three through five, it says this. Praise be to God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Again, I don't know how to unpack that. I just know that it's loaded. <laughs> okay. Every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, we've been given it apparently. Okay. Ask, ask the Holy Spirit to help you with that one. Watch this. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. He adopted us according to his pleasure and will. He wanted you. He wanted you. He went out of his way to, to, to choose you, to pluck you, okay, to take you. You're mine. You're coming with me. It was his, it was his pleasure. God actually... We, <clears throat> You know how, like, we believe God loves us because he has to, you know? Like, of course he loves me, but does he like you? Like, there's people like, I love them because I have to love everyone, but I don't really like them, you know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, God not only loves you, he likes you. He enjoys you. He has pleasure over you. And even when you do immature things, he's like, that's my son, that's my daughter. At the baptism of Jesus, um, Jesus was baptized. He, he went in the water, came up. And the announcement of Father God over Jesus was, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. You know, that's not just, that wasn't just for Jesus. That was a declaration over everyone who would follow the footsteps of Jesus after that. This is my son. This is my daughter in whom I'm well pleased. It's good stuff. Come on. <clears throat> I'm going to play a video here that just talk about so many times we Christians, how do we all do this? We all fall into performance-based Christianity. And we want to be like that person. We want to be better than that person. And I wish I had what they had. If only I had their giftings. And I want to play a video. This is Chad Deadman. Um, how many of you ever heard Chad Deadman speak? He's an awesome, awesome man of God. Um, and then I'm going to go ahead and play that video. Speaking at a conference with Bobby Connor. And it was my first time speaking at like a conference. I was in 2004, 2005. And uh, I was at the conference the night before, Bobby's speaking, and I'm speaking the next morning. And Bobby says, there's a witch in the back. Uh, you've been here, you've been sent here to curse me and you need to repent because the curse is going to be reversed on you. And then she stands up and starts cursing him. And he like takes authority. He gets, she gets thrown up against the wall and she's like going crazy. And, and uh, he brings like deliverance and she ends up getting delivers, delivered and repents and the whole thing. And then suddenly he looks at a guy in a wheelchair and says, uh, God's healing your bones. And the guy starts winging goes, I have bone cancer. And well, he says, get up and walk in Jesus' name. The guy gets up and walks. And then, and then Bobby goes, that's the power of God. And the light explodes. And, and, and I, I go home to, I mean, I go to the hotel to pray for the next morning session. And I'm like, God, you've got to show up. <laughs> like, I got to have electricity come out of my fingertips or like levitate or something. And I'm on... My knees at like three in the morning, praying, God, you've got to show up. And he says, Chad, you, can, you have a decision to make. You can either go out there tomorrow morning and be a son or be a preacher. 
And as a son, you never fail. As a son, you never have an okay message. As a son, you hit out of the park every time. But it's up to you. You can either be a son or a preacher. And when the morning came, I, I had this moment of decision of, okay, what am I going to choose? Am I going to choose to perform? Am I going to choose? Because I'll always be a bad version of someone else. Like, like if you got to be inspired by people, but you don't have to be them. That there's, there's something about you that is, is so different that there never will be another Chad Deadman. There never will be. There never was another Chad Deadman. There never will be another Chad Deadman. There's something that he has made me. He has formed me in my DNA and my fingerprints. That's that's different than anyone that's ever walked the planet. There's something special about me that touches his heart. And that's why I can say with confidence that I'm his favorite. <laughs> because I touch his heart in a way that no one else touches it. But the, the great thing is, is God has made, made it legal to, for us to all have the ability, the revelation that I'm his favorite. Come on. All right. Why don't you guys stand on your feet? Everyone say, I'm his favorite. <laughs> Do you believe it? Come on. All right, I want to pray over you. Um, I want to break orphan thinking off of people today. Orphan thinking. That's a, there, is a, there is an orphan spirit many times associated with people. And maybe that's the reason why some of you have been able to receive some of the things that I've said. Man, we have been given everything in Christ Jesus. Everything. He gave us it all. He gave us the kingdom, you guys. And I want to break orphan thing out so you can see this with spiritual eyes and you can receive this with spiritual eyes. Let me help you identify the orphan spirit. Number one, do you have to serve God or do you get to serve God? You get to serve God. If you feel like you have to serve God, that's orphan thinking. God loves me the more I do, the more I do this. God loves me more when dot, dot, dot. Okay, that's orphan thinking. I have to do enough to be close to God. I have to work my way in the right standing, right relationship. That's orphan thinking. Uh, here's another one. I don't feel like I deserve nice things. If you don't feel like you deserve nice things, that's orphan thinking. I'm not saying go run up your credit cards, by the way. <laughs> but if someone gives you something nice, or you have the ability to buy something nice, you deserve it. You're a child of the king. Here's another one. God only helps those who help themselves. That's orphan thinking. That's nowhere in the Bible, by the way. So Father, I just pray for everyone here. You would help us break off orphan thinking. I pray, God, that we would receive the spirit of adoption, that you would totally and completely convince us that we have been received by heaven. Totally convince us, Lord God, of this. I pray for everyone here that we'd break off orphan thinking, Lord, that we would operate as sons and daughters of the Most High God. And I just bless your people with this today, Lord God. We love you in Jesus' name. Adoption to sonship, God, fully convinced of being sons and daughters. And Lord, help us understand what that means and help us to unpack that. We ask in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Before we close, I want to just talk to a, a specific group of people. That's those of you here or you're watching online and you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've never become, you've never stepped into being a child of God. You've never let him adopt you. There is an aspect to it that involves you saying yes. 
Everything that can be done to make you right with God has been done, but we still have to say yes. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us and we hope you have a blessed week.